there's a couple of announcements. First of all, I want to say hey to Mel and Luke who have popped their heads in. Um, Mel runs the uh, cafe out the front. Uh, and not that we're giving out grades every week, but I will say it's been a great week. <laughs> it's been a very good week. If you don't know this, um, Mel has about a thousand cousins and aunties and uncles and third uncles. They all like Toyotas all four-wheel drives, um, and it's been great meeting them, but what was even better, I think, was getting to meet the neighbourhood. So I, I think this week we probably had more conversations with people who live in the general vicinity of this area than we have in years. Um, I don't think that's an overstatement, but we got to meet a person who lives in the White House and the Great House, and I mean, everyone was describing which house they lived in. <laughs> Um, and just really pumped to have a cafe in the neighbourhood and it started a lot of really healthy food conversations. So thank you, Mel. Thank you for leading that. Thank you for joining us. Um, next week we're actually going to have a church meal together with Mel. She's going to cater it. Um, Ten bucks for adults, five bucks for kids. Um, we haven't really said where kids start, so if you're a 30 year old adult who still thinks they're a kid, unfortunately, you're in the adult <laughs> plan. Um, we need to get head, head numbers for that by Wednesday, so if you know you're going to come along on Sunday and have a meal with us, it's going to be an excellent meal, allergy free. Um, it's good. Well, stuff is good. You'll be there? Oh, awesome. <laughs> that might be you. I'm going to send out a text. We've got a new text messaging service this week. Just respond to the text, and then we can. That's the easiest way for us to figure out numbers, and then I'll get that to you, Mel. Um, thank you. It's been awesome. I, I, the the energy on site has been really positive. Uh, I take off March fifth. February. 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 It's great. February. 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 I've been on board this morning, right? I just weird red belly rats, and I thought I was in panic stations, I'm going to die. Um, it's kind of gone down. Can you see it? It's still pink. It's still pink. It's not something. I thought it was something, but it's not. It's not something. So, anyway. I don't know what's going on. Uh, February 5th, I'm off. Uh, we've got Keith Farmer coming to speak February 5th. So if you don't know who he is, a phenomenal communicator. Uh, and just, he's been in the network for years and years and years. He's excellent. After that, I think Lloyd was speaking. And after that, Anthony, you're on, right, bro? Or let away <laughs> from the so, um, and then when I get back on February 26th, we've got uh, Skiffhurst Ministries in town, so we're doing a mission Sunday. I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, did I mention next week we've got a jazz singer who's going to do these like jazz worship songs while we eat? We've got a little instrumental thing happening, so a little lighty guy, maybe wear a collar. Um, uh, I'm excited for that. What's her name again? Lisa. Lisa. Uh, apparently, really good. She does worship songs as well, and she used to do ministry. Yeah. So we're excited about her. She does take the place. She can pretty much do anything. Amazing. So it'll be a bit of fun. I don't think it's a good way to kind of bring our community together, start the year off. Um, it's going to be very good. So 
Uh, also, hey to Jess's parents with me as well. Jess's sister, happy. Good to see you guys. Got a whole It's good having you here. Uh, we're in uh, First John chapter two, uh, and I'm going to read from verse twelve. It says, "I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of His name. I write to you, fathers, because you've known Him from the beginning. And I write to you, young men." Because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. And I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you. And you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful, sinful man, the lust of his eyes and the boasting, of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world um, and its desires pass away. But man who does the will of God lives forever. I had this moment where I was like, I don't really know how to talk about this passage in an engaging way because it just it feels pretty straightforward. And I was like, I've got 15 minutes to fill, and I've got to do this productively. So what does this look like? And, and as I started to work through the, the book of John, I realized that what he's doing is he's, he's writing to a group of people in preparation for opposition. So how should you respond as children of the light when you come against somebody who might deeply disagree with what you have to say. And get back to this idea of first principles. So what are the what are the foundations of your faith that should underpin everything that you do? And that's kind of the example of what he's putting forward here. Live with an eternal mindset. Remember these first principles. And then during the week, um, David sent me some photos and they were really fascinating because they were photos of this church. And so I want you to take a moment and look around. Look, just, you know, kind of this building. We used to face that way, and there used to be a baptismal kind of over where you guys are sitting. And um, we used to have seats along the wall, and that wall wasn't there, and you'd walk in this way. Um, and, you know, this was the way that we worship. Now we worship this way, you know. And it's got screens now, and there's lights. The building has changed a lot. We've got comfortable seats that we're sitting on. In January 1957, though, things in this church looked really different. And this is what our church looked like this time of year in January 1957. There it is. Burnt to a crisp. Just let that slide up for a second. January 1957, the members of Bellows Church of Christ came to worship on site, and this was the church. They did. It was hard getting sound checked in. This, could this possibly be the worst thing? that could happen to the Church of Christ at Bellows. A completely destroyed building on site. 
And I would say absolutely, this is the worst thing that could happen to Belrose Church of Christ if you value the building above the gospel community. Okay? Because I love this photo. One of the heartbeats of churches of Christ is a unity between other churches. And this slide to me made my heart leap for joy. Where did they worship? On the Sunday in January in 1957. St. Stephen's of Belrose, which is at the time on Forest Way, just down the road. The church was not dead. It did not close. It may not have had a building, but those worshippers at Churches of Christ Belrose went to St. Stephen's and continued to worship God. So what is the most important thing that could prepare us for whatever the worst thing might be? What's the most important thing? Well, John highlights it in this passage. It says, I write to you, dear children. Now, bear in mind that chapter 2 starts, my dear children, I write to you, okay? So he's not specifically writing to my kids. This is not a sermon for Ashley. This is a sermon for all of us. So I write to you, my dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. Whose name? Jesus. So our first principle, our first thing to remember, above all else, is that our sins are forgiven by the blood of Jesus. Don't ever forget that. I write to you fathers because you have known him from the beginning. There is great joy in those who have matured in the faith for they have known that truth for a very, very, very long time. Something that happens is a, an assuredness of the things that we know for certain that all stem from knowing God. And I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you who are younger in the faith because you have been through that process of making. A decision to follow Jesus, who you have grown up and you have now consciously kind of taken hold of that faith, but you realize that there is a battle of life times. And that you need to make a decision to follow Jesus, and that is what you have done. And so then he reiterates that over and over again. That our important things stem from a knowing and a loving of God. That's the sermon. That's the framework by which John wants us, if we are preparing for conflict, if we are preparing for difficult seasons, what is it that you need to know? That your sins are forgiven on account of the one whose name is Jesus, that you have known him from the beginning, and that by the blood of Jesus, you have overcome the evil. There it is. So what should we do? We do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he does, as it does, come not from the Father, but from the world. 
the world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. Can we get that slide of the, it doesn't matter, they're all good, of the burnt church, David? Did you think for a moment in January, 1956 maybe was a good year? Things were going really well for the church. And then January 1957, it burned, we kick off like this. There's a few people who rocked up on that Sunday like, it's the worst Sunday ever. It is. Because the building is the most important thing. But it's never been about the building, has it? I mean, how many times have we said this? It's about the community that lives inside of the building. The community that shares the love of Jesus inside of the building. Does this community still know Yahweh from day one? They do. Does this community know that their sins have been forgiven on account of his name? They do. They have nothing to do with the building. See, I wonder if the conversation that, that um, John is trying to have is one of resilience. You know, like resilience is this big buzzword today. But what makes us a resilient person? I've got them. I've got the five, might be seven, seven steps to being a resilient person. Okay? One, you need to have a strong network to be a resilient person. I know that now is a strong network because I've met all 600 of them this week. Some of them are real firecrackers. Number two, to be a resilient person, you need to give back. You need to be compassionate and generous. Number three, you need to not give in. Number four, if you want to be resilient, you need to be resilient, you need to accept change. Number five, you need to choose your attitude despite your circumstance. Number six, you need to keep it all in perspective. And number seven, if you need to embrace your humor, there are your seven steps to becoming resilient. Right. I think when I read that though is I started to read passages into that. You know? Because I was like, well, this is a framework for a healthy Christian. Right? Like if I said to you, uh, have a strong support network, or I said that a different way, have deep community, could you think of a passage that goes to that? Anthony's nodding his head. What passage would you say speaks to having a deep community? And some are in the habit of doing it, but let us encourage one another and all the words we tend to approaching. That's a great passage that speaks to deep community. What about giving back? Sorry? Perfect. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Anyone else have another one that could maybe speak to that? What about accept change? Did you have one or are you being cheeky? Like, 
What about uh, accepting change? Being okay with change? There's another passage. Because I, I keep coming back to this idea. If, if John knows that his people are going to go through this challenging season of uh, people who don't accept the faith, who reject what... Um, uh, Jesus is teaching, and so conflict happens. What you would need to do, right, is underpin the church with these first principles and create a resilient community. But as you unpack resilience, resilience just speaks to healthy faith. And so, as I worked through it, I was like, what's the worst thing that could happen? To our church. What's the worst thing that could happen? Well, what if the worst thing that could happen to the church is the erosion of gospel community for the sake of tradition? That would be a pretty bad thing to happen to the church. What if the worst thing that happened to the church would be an erosion of faithfulness in the desire to be ordered and appropriate? What if the worst thing that happened to the church would be a loss of God-given courage for a tepid cautiousness not to rock the boat? That might be the worst thing that could happen. Or the desire to look like everything else and forget the mandate to stand out, to stand apart as children of the light. Which we see a lot of What if John's reminder is that our gifting and our purpose is not to look like everyone else in the community, but our great joy is for us to stand out, to stand apart. That in difficulty and in persecution and in challenge, that we might find ways that we might be resilient as a Jesus-loving community. And so when we step into 2023 with a certain degree of timidity because the last three years have not panned out particularly well, we go, it's okay, because we believe in an everlasting hope that comes from Jesus. And so we get equipped after this. So we don't approach with timidity, we approach with courage. That we go, I am hoping and I am praying for the best, but if God chooses to give me the worst, I have a deep and rich community that allows iron to be sharpened by iron, to give you another passage. That we know from Psalm 133 how good and pleasant is it when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. That because of that deep, rich gospel community, I know that when I weep, that community weeps with me and shares in that burden. And when I rejoice, they rejoice with me 
and thy magnified presence. And so I have a confidence that is underpinned by the love of God to tackle whatever this year looks like. That my heart is not shaken side to side by the waves of whatever's going on around me, but is anchored to a hope that is everlasting, found in Jesus, and underpinned by a deep knowledge of God. And so perhaps for us to be resilient as Christians, it looks like having deep community, anchoring our faith in eternity, trusting God's plan even when we don't know what it is, modeling the fruit of the Spirit. That's the one for change your attitude. So what if our attitude is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? Can I check that might be eight, not nine? <laughs> we keep it in perspective because we know God is in control. And we embrace our humor, and so our mandate then is to bring joy to everyone's life. Not happiness which is predicated by circumstance, but joy, which is underpinned by faith in God. I, um, I uh, really wanted to up communion this year because this was, this was not how it was ever meant to be. But it's really helpful on a Sunday to have it like this, okay? So just bear with me for a second. Next week, we have communion together after the service. We have a feast, okay, where we remember what Jesus has done. But this week, this is a simple offer, is that the reason we can find an anchoring for our soul a hope in Jesus, the reason that we can stand apart and live apart as children of the light is because of Jesus. So I'm going to pray for us now, and we are going to have communion together, and I'd love you to join in that if you'd like to. You don't have to if you don't want to. Um, but it serves as a reminder for the one who laid down his life for us and the person that we have known since the beginning, to the one who has helped us to overcome the evil one, whose name is Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, that we might know you more, that this year we might love you more. Lord, that this year we might boldly follow you now. And that we might stand out because we are set apart. 